Welcome to Family Office Secrets. We're about to pull back the curtain to reveal to you the often hidden strategies used by today's most successful individuals and their family offices. What you're about to hear are things that no one else wants to tell you. We're a group of driven business leaders who are driven for more. We are not satisfied with the ordinary. Our motivation is building an amazing life of significance and changing the world for the better. Because we're building amazing companies, our lives are complicated. We can't rely on traditional advisors with ordinary advice to get us to our goals. Instead, we look to the super rich and ultra wealthy business owners to guide the way. But the fact is, these solutions remain hidden from most of us because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't want you to know about them. Welcome to Family Office Secrets, where we are driven for more. We are hashtag driven for more, and these are our stories. Welcome to Family Office Secrets. I'm Tim McNeely, and wow, do we have an exciting program for you today. I'm so excited. By the end of our show today, you're going to know that there's a community of people out there for you. If you're an entrepreneur, so often you may struggle with just feeling alone, not knowing where to turn. So you're going to know about a powerful community of people right here in Bakersfield, and you don't have to go it alone. You're going to have some insights and knowledge on how to work with this community, how to, how to interface with them, where to find them. But more importantly, you're going to feel excited and motivated to connect with this very eclectic community. And that's what makes it fun, an eclectic community of people. So you can achieve even more. So our guest today is Tabari Brannon, and he is the co-founder of Mesh Coworking. He helps independent and remote workers thrive through vibrant co-working communities. Tabari, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for having me. I am so thrilled because we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that our listeners are passionate about today. But before we dive into the, the good stuff, tell me a little bit about you. How did you get started? What do you do and who do you do it for? Yeah, so I moved here to Bakersfield about six years ago. I had this bug in me for entrepreneurship. And I really wanted to find other people that I could talk about entrepreneurship about, meet and study entrepreneurship about. And I really couldn't find that community here in Bakersfield. And so I decided to start this meetup, this meetup group. And when I started the group, I met in Padre Hotel and I had three people that showed up to the group. It was uh, me, myself, my, me, my wife, and one other guy. <laughs> and so needless to say, it wasn't off to um, a really good start. But over the course of running that meetup, I realized that I needed a consistent place to meet. And when I did some research, I found this little thing called co-working. I say, I wonder if we have one of those co-working spaces here in Bakersfield. And so we actually didn't, didn't have one, um, according to my research. And so I decided to start one. And so I started the co-working space and through research, I actually found my uh, co-founder who is a software developer and he was actually looking for the same exact thing. And so we are a thriving community and we're actually geared towards people who normally work from home or work out of coffee shops and we provide them a place to connect with other like-minded people. We also provide them all the the business infrastructure they need in order to in order to thrive. 
Wow. I, it almost sounds like what you were looking for when you first moved here. You were looking for that community and, and didn't find it really, did you? Right. I didn't find it. And, and the interesting thing is that we found that there are a lot of pockets of activity that happen in many cities, just like in Bakersfield. And this community doesn't know what this community is doing. And so we wanted to create a space where those communities could essentially mesh together, which is, you know, how we hmm. came up with the name. Well, right. And community is so important. And, and I sense that's kind of what you were first feeling when you got here. But it seems like right off the bat, you learned one of those first entrepreneurial journeys when you showed up and there's three people there. <laughs> I, and so, so talk a little bit about how, how you've gone from three people to now a, a full co-working space and one of the top co-working communities here in Bakersfield. What did that journey look like? Yeah, so it was a lot, a lot, a lot of persistence. And so I think that's the, the number one thing that would, would share is that oftentimes when you start out, it can seem like you're not doing anything at all. You're not having any impact. You're not growing. But what I've seen is that when you're doing a consistent, correct action over a period of time, it builds up and it snowballs and eventually you reach a tipping point. And so one principle that we use, we try to start small, we try to iterate, and then we try to pivot and expand on what we've learned. So originally we wanted to start off with a a huge, huge, huge co-working space, 4,000 500 square feet. Well, it was huge for us at the time, but we started with something that was actually one-tenth of that. So Mm -hmm. 450 square feet. And it was small, it was tiny, and we did everything out of that one little room. But thankfully, the way our, our building was situated, it had about 14 suites. And as one company would move out, we would gradually expand our space. As one company would move out, we would expand our space. And so Over time, we were able to do what we couldn't do when we initially started by giving ourselves a little bit longer one way. Okay. So that community creation, though, I want to spend a little time there because that to me is so interesting, right? What were the activities that that you were doing to really build that community and, and bring people together? So the community building really centers around events that have topics that people are passionate about. And so there are two groups that we particularly cater to. One is the entrepreneurial community, and the other is the technology and software development community. And so we have held events once a month for about five or six years. Hmm. And so what that does, it gives people the opportunity to, to come together and talk with other people who speak their language. It gives people the opportunity to find a place where they belong. In doing that, we've kind of created a a hub of activity around their space. A lot of the things that we started doing in in, um, our town, I mean, in our space, they, they weren't being done before. And when other people saw what we were doing, it encouraged them to kind of step out and do their own thing. And so it was the little act of me and my co-founder kind of stepping out there that really just uh, ballooned into a whole network 
of activity that found its uh, start in our little 450 square foot space. Wow, that's just absolutely <laughs> amazing. Right? That's got to make you excited to, to see that yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think it is about community that, that entrepreneurs, that remote workers are lacking? Because, you know, I, I think sometimes we think, oh, you know what, I'm going to be more productive just setting up my home office. I don't need to go out. I just want to isolate. And so what do you say to that? And, and what do you see as the value that, that community really brings to entrepreneurs and remote workers? Yeah, I'll give you an example and then I'll, I'll give you a little bit more principle. So I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, I started to sharpen my skills in Python programming. So I had been working on this problem for, I don't know, at least three or four days. I was stuck on this one part of this piece of software I was trying to write and I didn't know what to do. And so I said, okay, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. So I hopped into one of our chat groups and I asked someone, hey, this is what I'm stuck on. Um, can someone help me? And I kid you not, within one minute, they had already given me a solution to my problem. Now imagine what would happen if every time that you were stuck on a problem, you could connect to a person in the community who could point you in the right direction, how much time you would save and how much more productive you would be. And you multiply that over the course of your life, you've, you've added year, years to your life by not being stuck on problems. And I think the other piece is that with the community, you're able to benefit of the, the collective knowledge that the, that the group has. And so you're, it's almost like a, a mastermind, right, in some sense. So well, rather than just relying on your, your own abilities, your own skills, your own experiences, when you tap into that community, you're able to do more and to be better at what you're what you're trying to accomplish. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So true. It's uh, you know, Dan Sullivan spends a lot of time talking about finding the who, not the how. And and right, entrepreneurs, right. right? That's such a common thing. Is right. If you're listening to this, right, you get excited about a project, you start on it, you're running a hundred miles an hour. And all of a sudden you hit something and you get stuck and you spend the next six months trying to figure something really simple out for the guy who's sitting right next to you. And so, right. So yeah, I know that that power of community is so, so important, but to get that right, you know, you didn't just have a vision of creating community to borrow you, you took action. And right. as we were talking earlier, you, you had a mentor that, that really helped you take action. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Yeah, so I'm, I'm naturally a person who's very curious and I use unconventional methods to find things out. So I was looking for a person who could mentor me in co-working. And so what I did was I actually went on Indeed and I searched for people within 100 miles who had the word co-working on their resume. Hmm. So I ended up finding a guy in Culver City and um, he had been operating a co-working space for about five years. And our relationship kind of started as like a bartering relationship where I would, I was going to do some work for him and he would do consulting for me. But it kind of transferred into this uh, mentor-mentee relationship where he was uh, helping me and coaching me in the co-working industry. And I remember for months, we had been going back and forth about what location should I pick? What furniture? And finally told me, he's like, you just got to go ahead and do it. You got to go ahead and take some action. And I remember the minute that 
I took action, it was like a cloud had been lifted and everything mm. was clear and I knew exactly what I had to do. But while I was stuck in that paralysis of analysis, it was just so much fog about you know how to move forward. Yeah, no, so so true, right? And listening to you talk, right? I, I hear such a passion for this. So, right, and where does your passion stem from? Right, I think on the surface level, I am a problem solver, right? If I see a problem, I like to solve it. And a little bit more deeper, I'm a, a person who who likes to help. I like to uh, be of service to people. And if I can find a place where I can and serve, where you know I'm appreciated, and I can feel like I can make a difference with the skills that I have, I feel like I can pour myself into whatever that is. And that's exactly what I found in the, the community we created in Mesh Cowork. I found a place where I could really use all the, the gifts and talents that I have to, to help people. Wow. Yeah. Right. And helping is so key, right? The, the more we can help others achieve what they want, the more we get to achieve what right. we want, right? Everyone wins. And that's really what's beautiful about what you're doing. So as you think through, right, kind of the, those struggles and challenges as you were building and, and putting Mesh together, what were some of those significant moments? It sounds like, you know, finding that mentor was huge, but what, what were some other kind of significant challenges or moments that you had in, in starting and founding Mesh? Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of them, but I think a real pivotal one was when I had to make the decision to leave my job to run the business full time. Mm-hmm. And that was <laughs> that was really hard because I felt torn for so many years between these two worlds. So I had this entrepreneurial life that brought me excitement and joy and I felt energized and I I had this work life where I found myself dreading uh, Sunday evening knowing I had to go to work on Monday. And so I found this one environment that, that pulled me down and this other one that was lifting me up. You know, while I actually enjoyed the work that I did, I didn't, I didn't enjoy the context. And so eventually uh, I had to make a decision or the decision was made for me in some, in some regards. But I got the push that I needed and it was like an explosion. I shouldn't say explosion. It was like a, a weight had been lifted off of me. Mm. And I felt like I could move forward to do what almost it felt like a it felt like a calling. That's the only way I can describe it. Mm. It felt like what I was called to do for this time. Right. But but you but you left a job behind, a secure paycheck, right? And I in steady work. What was that mentally like trying to to go through that? Yeah, you know, it was challenging. And I think what made it a little bit easier, I had some money that was saved up that made it a little bit easier. And then my wife was also working, but I saw it as a opportunity. And I had a long-term vision of what I wanted to accomplish. And although I probably could have accomplished the same thing working for someone else, I think if I were to, by stepping out on my own, it gave me the ability to accomplish that a lot faster. Yeah. Yep. Right. If you want to take the islands, burn the boats. And, uh, <laughs> right. Right. We, we say that because, right, if you really want to make progress, if you want to push forward on your most important goals, you got to leave other stuff behind and you got to cut those ties. So congratulations for you to, to having the courage to, to do that. 
Yeah. And I'm guessing that's something that you hear from maybe your entrepreneurial community that you're working with also. Do you hear some of that, those same fears and, and, and struggles? Yeah. Well, a lot of times when people come to us, they're either working for themselves for a while or uh, there are people who are just getting started. And I think the part where people get hung up on is they overthink what it takes to actually get started. Mm. And instead of just uh, working with what you have and starting small, they balloon it to make it something that may or may not even happen. So what I try to do is encourage people to get started with what you have, where you are, and, and do what you can. So you really are a community, not just for an established remote worker or an established entrepreneur, but the person who just says, I, I've got this business idea or I've got this app idea and I just, I have no idea how to start. And this is right. a community for them. Right. So we have the Bakersfield Startup Event. So that's uh, one of the events that I run. But there are so many people who are skilled in app development, creative design, graphic design, marketing. A lot of times we get people who are just looking for resources to get their idea off the ground. Hmm. And then what about the you know, more established entrepreneur, the more established business owner or remote worker who's saying, man, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to scale this application or I'm trying to, to figure out how to build systems and processes. Is there a place for them too? Yeah, we don't have anything that's formal, but what usually happens is my main role in the community is a connector. So I may not know how to do exactly what it is, but I can connect you to a person. So like right now, you mentioned uh, scaling and processes. There's a guy that I've been friends with for, the, for a while who's a black belt in Lingsic Sigma. There's another guy that I think he was he was on um, at one of our last meetups who's uh, he's really good at strategy. And so I think we're really good at connecting people to the right resources to help them solve their problems. So now you're not just passionate about remote workers. You're also passionate about productivity, too. All Tell right. me a little, where does that come from? Yeah, I think I've always been a very curious person. So I've been always wanting to learn more. I remember as a kid, I started reading a book on speed reading. And I don't know, I don't know where I got the book from, but I was always fascinated with being able to learn as much as I could and to uh, really dig deep into subjects. And so for me, I guess one of my values is productivity. Like I feel good when I've got a lot of things accomplished during the day. And so what I try to do, and maybe it'll help other entrepreneurs, I try to establish routines for my day, try to wake up, exercise, read something good that inspires me about my day. And then when I do remember, I like to, you probably won't be able to see this, but I have what's called, I do what's called a bullet journal. And so all of, you probably have one too. <laughs> there you <Of> go. <laughs> and so... Uh, of things that I've done during the year, I have it written down in, the, in this book and I have a little system and it's, it's really helpful. And for me, I see it as this, we're only given so much life, so much time. And the more that we can do to make a bigger impact, it helps. The more productive I can be, that gives me more time to make more of an impact on someone else's life. 
So do you have a do you have a favorite productivity hack that you've been using lately or or what's what's those one or two things that have really been a game changer for you? You know, I think the biggest game changer for me was I turned off almost every single notification on my phone. There we go. Give me a fist bump <laughs> for that one. Yes. Almost every few notifications. So I don't have all my email accounts on my phone. I have only two, which are my two business accounts. And I don't even have notifications on for email. The only notifications I have on are, are like text messages. And so that was a game changer for me. And then what's the other thing? The other one was, it's more like health wise. So, but it, it really helped me. I'm a vegetarian. I'm also vegan. I've been a vegan for like since 2000. But the one thing that was really difficult for me to give up was like sugar. And so like in the last mm -hmm. seven months, I just totally eliminated sugar from my diet and I just feel a lot better. So I think in addition to those things you can do in the physical world, you know, like turn off notifications and write things down. I think there's little things you can do with your health that'll also help you to be a little bit more productive. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And so much of it is environment that's around, yeah. right? That helps shape our behavior. The, you know, one of the biggest game changing books for me was Benjamin Harding, Willpower Doesn't Work. And yeah, he talked yeah. about that theme exactly where, you know, we need to change our environment around us if we really want to change our behavior. Yeah. Well, neat stuff. So, right, as you're working on the, the productivity piece or working on, you know, kind of building that community, what are some other goals, right? Where do you see Mesh in three years and five years and 10 years? What do you see happening? Right. So I only see this remote work, telecommuting, becoming more popular over the year. And even with this coronavirus, I believe it's accelerated it exponentially. Yep. And so more people are going to have the need for spaces like ours. And so my vision is actually to create a, a network of co-working spaces like Mesh in the Central Valley. So hmm. my next city is Visalia, and then I want to move up to Fresno and Stockton and then eventually Modesto. So I want to create a network of these cities, at least two or three locations in each city. But the idea is just to be the, the go-to place for co-working in the Central Valley. Excellent. Well, very cool. You have some, some favorite smartphone applications for entrepreneurs? Let me think. Right now, the one that's getting the most play is Zoom. <laughs> but what can I think? I love Evernote. If you guys don't use Evernote, that's one that I almost use every single day. I use Asana for productivity. And then also I love uh, HubSpot. HubSpot mm -hmm. is what I use for my, my CRM. And so if, if someone pops on my website, I can get a notification from my phone because uh, HubSpot has a chat feature. And so wherever I am, I can just hop into the chat and, and talk to that particular person. Yeah, that's what I'm using a lot right now. There's a, a fitness app called FitBod that I actually love too. That one just makes it super simple, creates workouts for you every single day. Nice. So I'm using that one a lot. Okay. What about favorite books for entrepreneurs? Yeah, my definite favorite is The E-Myth, mm -hmm. working on your business, not in your business. Of course, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then for the, the startups, it would be definitely be the, uh, the business model generator. I think that's what it's called by Steve Blank. And then the lean startup, okay. business model generation, lean startup, Steve Blank and Eric Reese. 
Okay. What did you enjoy about E-Myth? And what do you think's the the a big lesson that entrepreneurs can take away from that book? Yeah, well, I, I think the overall theme is that you have to figure out a way to detach yourself from the day-to-day of your business and create uh, repeatable systems that anyone can execute and achieve the same results that you can as the, the expert in your business. It's almost like you want to develop systems to make your business franchisable, even though you may not want to make it a franchise. Yep. One of the big things in Michael Gerber's book that, that really blew my mind was he talks about the difference between a business versus a job. <laughs> yeah. And right, he, he really lays out the foundation that if you can't take six months off and come back to something that's functioning and growing and working without you, you really don't have a business. You've got a job. And so, so that to me was one of those eye-opening moments where it's like, ah, I get the difference now. Yeah. So for some of our listeners, they may not really even be aware of what, what co-working is, right? They may think, you know, that's showing up at Starbucks. And so how do you actually define co-working? What the heck is it? Yeah. So I'll say what it, it's, it's not. So it's not purely just a physical space where you meet. It's about the collaboration that happens in the space. And so what it looks like on a, a practical side, it's um, office space, desk space, conference room, events, and it's community. Right. And that's very different than, you know, showing up at, you know, one of these places where you can rent a virtual office for the hour or for the day, right? This is not just showing up to a meeting room. It really is having that community of other people, isn't it? Right, right, right. So it's imagine, it's almost like we make it our business to figure out how we can help you to grow. If there's someone else in the community that I know that can help you, I will make it my business to intentionally connect those two persons. If you're stuck on something and you need a resource, I'll try to find out that resource and per- provide it to you. Coworking is almost more like the hospitality industry than anything because hmm. we're trying to provide kind of a, a level of service that you just don't get from a, a mere like transactional mindset with office space, executive office. All right. So yeah, so, so it really is, like you said, that, that community as opposed to just an executive office. So how do people get involved with Mesh Cowork? Yeah, I think the easiest way is you can follow us on our socials, Mesh Cowork Everywhere. And then other than that, just stop by for a tour. Yeah, um, on our website, you can book a tour. We'll come, we'll introduce you to the community. And then we also offer a number of free days. So if you just wanted to experience it, that would be my uh, recommendation. The other thing is, you know, our, our strategy has shifted a little bit. So we're doing like digital community collaboration days. And so we actually hold those every single Monday where we um, hop on a Zoom call and we talk about, you know, what are we working on? Where are we stuck and how can we help? Wow. What, what an amazing, amazing thing for everyone to be part of. Now, you're, you're in Bakersfield. Where in Bakersfield are you located? Yeah. So we're located at 2005 I Street and we're right above uh, the Dagny's Coffee Shop. And we also acquired a ground floor location that's at 1614 20th Street. Okay. 20th Street. All right. So 
people listening today, if you're, if you're listening, you can go stop by, you can schedule a tour. Sounds like there's an opportunity to be involved in some kind of like open days where they can come check out the community and, and meet people. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. All right. And then follow you on Facebook and we'll, we'll put the, the website and the, the links below. Well, wow. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm certainly excited because much like you, right? I, I've been striving and really looking for that entrepreneurial community here in Bakersfield. And I was really, really pleased when, when I met you. Yeah, and, yeah. Right, and, and the weird thing about our community is we got a lot of stuff going on. I know. <laughs> you don't necessarily know about it. And so, you know, I, I feel like I'm really late to the game, but I'm super excited <laughs> you're here. And uh, thank you for, for being generous with your time. Is there, is there anything else you'd leave our, our audience with and, and anything else you want to tell people? Yeah, I think the main thing is just keep moving forward. Stay persistent. You may have uh, some setbacks, but know that uh, tomorrow is always another opportunity to get done what you need to get done. Excellent. Well, hey, Tabari, thank you for joining us here on on Family Office Secrets. Continued success to you. And uh, if you are an entrepreneur, if you're a remote worker, if you're listening to this, I would highly encourage you to go down and check out what Mesh has going on. It's a fantastic community, really worth being part of, and they can help you achieve even more. I'm Tim McNeely, and I'm in your corner. You've been listening to Family Office Secrets. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this podcast as we've pulled back the curtain to reveal to you the often hidden strategies used by today's most successful individuals and their family offices. We'll have another podcast soon. But for more secrets used by today's more successful business owners, dentists, and entrepreneurs, visit the website at www.timmcneely.com. Till next time.